Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We like to think ourselves as advocates of Copper Italia. We keep our ears to the ground, waiting for it to appear and try to cover it. But those wily buggers at the FIGC keep us on our toes. Halfway through your lunch break at work, boom, Cremonese versus Cittadella. We'll catch them up eventually, I swear. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory and I'm joined by my very good friend, Adam. Hey Rory, it is very much cup fever here as well. Because not only do we have the Carabao Cup to talk about, we've also got the upcoming first round of the FA Cup taking place from tomorrow or this evening if you're listening to us on Friday. So Rory, are you excited for the first round of the FA Cup? I am pretty excited. Um, without getting into it before we get into it, um, I kind of was reminded that the that the Alex had Derby at home. Yeah. Um and it's kind of not the easiest tie that you would like in the no. first round. It's kind of a bit of a um, a bit of a big tie, really, for the Alex. Yeah. Um, but a potential there for us to get a result. I think Derby are not having mm. the greatest time. We're exactly. doing pretty well in League Two at the moment. Touch wood. <laughs> mm. So yeah, once I saw that tie, I was like, you know what? I am looking forward to FA yeah. Cup first round weekend. And if the Alex actually managed to get past it, I feel like it will be the first time in about ten years we've actually won an FA Cup game. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, it would be quite nice to have a bit of a cup run. We haven't really had many of them. Um, are you excited? Wickham, Bradford away, is it? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, not the glamour tie of an unleague ground or, you know, somewhere different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Bradford, I mean, again, similar kind of situations. Derby, perhaps, the big club that yeah. have fallen on bad times and not doing so well. They sacked Mark Hughes, of all people, as their manager Oof. recently. So, um they're still in search of a new manager. And yeah, I suppose we kind of see that as an easy win to the next round, um, potentially. But I'm not taking it for granted because do you know what? FA Cup is what it is. It's got the uh, feeling of a, you know, underdog potentially winning as well. So um, yeah, let's wait and see. We'll see how my feelings are by 5pm on Saturday evening. That's for sure, Rory. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Only time will tell. But this episode, we do have plenty to cover, really. Yeah. As we said, we've got a bit of FA Cup first round action to talk about. We've got Carabao Cup action to talk about. I don't really want to talk about it, but we will. <laughs> um, and we, of course, do have the Copper Italia to cover as well, which made a return mm. this week with a big name from the past. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. 
carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Maybe on the rise, we'll be looking at them. Um, So, we are going to take a very quick break, and after this, we will be back with the Carabao Cup. All right, we are back, and it is time to talk about the Carabao Cup. Um, It was the fourth round, fifth round, I don't know. It's the semifinals next, round of 16. So, um, and... Well, are we going to start in London or are we going to start in Manchester? Adam, you can decide. Well, should we get the inevitable out of the way and talk about Man United first? Because I'm sick and tired, as you said offline, about talking about about them. Um, Let's talk about Newcastle instead. Let's talk about Newcastle (laughs) instead and then we'll do a bit about Manchester. We don't really like talking about Newcastle either. but Not really. um, A fantastic fantastic performance from Newcastle, a fantastic result from Newcastle, and especially when you think that they actually changed quite a lot in this game. Um, Mm. We were talking about Eddie Howe not really um, changing as much and rotating his squad as much, and maybe that was taking a bit of a toll on Newcastle, but we saw the likes of Tino Livramento, who we've been talking about, uh, Lewis Hall, who was the player whose name I couldn't remember, Paul (laughs) Dummett um, coming in, Emil Kraft, it was his first game in about two years, um, Matty Target in midfield, but unfortunately had to come off injured early on. Matt Ritchie, like there's a lot of players there mm. that aren't necessarily first names on the team sheet for Newcastle, but still, nonetheless, um, absolutely fantastic performance. I think it really shows in general how well Nick, um, I was going to say Nick Howe then, uh, how much <laughs> Eddie Howe has got the, the entire squad working on his system, right? It seems like everyone... At least on last night, everyone mm. came in and knew exactly what their job was. Yeah, and I think we'll talk about the contrast with um, Arsenal. Um, but when yeah. you bring in like your second string team, it's very hard to ensure that they've got the same momentum, same kind of like intensity in terms of the way you want to play. Sometimes you know because you're hoping that your second string will be kind of hungry to kind of yeah. try and force the issue and make themselves available for the next game or be in the first team, right, Rory? Um, mm-hmm. But Newcastle played really well. Livermento, you f- we forget about how good a season he had at Southampton that many moons ago now. And that was, it feels like another bargain signing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you looked at Lewis Hall's goal, for example, I was thinking to myself, Boy, what Man United could do with a left back like him mm-hmm. right now, couldn't they? Yeah. Someone that's dependable, that would have been cheap as well. If you think about how much they actually spent on him, that could have been a fantastic backup for obviously Luke Shaw. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you you think about the way that kind of Eddie Howe instills that kind of confidence within the team. It's not just the first eleven; it's those around him, and I think that's what yeah. you know helped Newcastle over the line. Whereas you've got the contrast of. Man United, Ed, Eric Ten Hag, should I say, really struggling to get anything together. I mean, yeah. we, we could pick any player there, Rory, from uh, Wednesday night and talk about how badly they've been playing. And I mean, Hannibal, for example, I'm surprised he was still on the pitch. He's an interesting he, lad. Eh? I, I do like he, him, but it's the tenacity that obviously needs to take a bit more control, right? I feel sometimes. I think he's a very young player and there's a lot of like, 
if you're coming into that team and you know that a lot of the team get tarred with the brush fairly or unfairly, I would mm. say fairly, with not necessarily giving a shit and not really putting a foot in, you're a, long, you're a young lad, you want to make your mark on the team, you go flying into tackles, right? You want to be like, I'm all action, I'm going to do it all. The only thing is I've seen him do it every single game I've seen him play. He's like this, he seems quite reckless and quite... Like, he's a red card waiting to happen. And I'm sure that, like, he's a player that when I have seen him, I've also been, like, excited by him and been like, okay, he's, like, you know, he's got decent mm-hmm. passing on him. He's yeah, yeah. able to, like, avoid the press. And score he's, goals. like, really, he is everywhere. And he can, yeah, he can hit them, right? Mm. But I just think the whole time, every time I've seen him, I'm like, he's just waiting to be sent off. He's absolutely waiting to be sent off. Um, But before we go fully in on, on Man United... I wanted to give quite a bit of credit to some Newcastle players. Um, Lewis Hall being one of them, I think for yeah. that to be your first goal, it was a hell of a goal. Uh, really <laughs> nice finish. Hell of a finish. Um, really nice finish. I thought Tino Liveramento stepping in was oh. fantastic. I think, as you said, with Trippier being 30, or the, the wrong Ish, side of yeah. 30 now, I think like if Liveramento can train with him, learn from him, there's a successor there straight away for yeah. when for when Trippier Massively. retires and he just goes straight in. I think it's a really clever business there. I as you said, he was fantastic at Southampton. So mm. it's another exciting player for England as well. Mm, if you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> let's let's see how that goes. But I also I love Joe Willock. I'm so happy it's going well for him at Newcastle. And it was just a beautiful goal for him to score. And mm. he absolutely loves it up there. I think like it was the it was the best move for all parties. Arsenal course, was never yeah. really going to get that chance. Newcastle has become not a main man, but he was for a while, mm-hmm. and there's still that opportunity for him to become a key part of that midfield. Yeah. I know the fans love him, and it was just a great finish and great to see him mm-hmm. back. Um, so I really really enjoyed that. Um, and I think yeah, Joel Linton just continues to <laughs> amaze me, and uh, <laughs> that he's the same player that was brought in under whoever it was, Steve it's Bruce, Steve Bruce or yeah. as I can't remember. Um, so yeah, just so many players. Like you have to say, Eddie Howe has improved so many players at that club. Like he has, and this is like the segue I want to go to. Eddie Howe has improved all of those players in that club. Mm-hmm. A lot of that squad are championship. They were with them in the championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. the likes of Dummer and Kraft and stuff, right? Richie, yeah, but yeah, exactly. And like now they're towards the top end of the Premier League, not looking out of place. And then we come to Manchester United, where not a single player seems to have improved ever. Um, no. Not since Ferguson has, has left. Do I think a player has consistently got better for Manchester United? I think players have had runs of form, like Rashford has had great runs of of form. But you can't say that consistently he's really improved a lot because he just disappears like he has Mm -hmm. now. And he's done it over several seasons. I think this squad, there's so many players that I just think, I cannot believe they play for Manchester United. Mm, Like, I don't know how many times I have to say to people... Anthony is fucking shit. He's shit. And like everyone I've talked to, like, no, 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 you know, he's oh he's got a great left foot. He's hit like three left foot goals since he's been here. One of them was against City, so everyone seems to think he he does it every week. Mm. Every facet of his game is terrible. Even like Ajax fans, when he left Ajax, is it like the European lad, is it the on Twitter who's the Ajax fan? Yeah, Um, Yeah. He tweeted at the time saying, Man United are willing to pay 100 million for him. Okay, fine, yeah. take it. Yeah, exactly. Like, absolutely yeah, bite yeah. your hand off. Like, even in Eredivisie, he only got six or eight goals that season. Like, yeah, yeah. And I think that guy is kind of the epitome of everything that is wrong at Manchester United. Mm. It's an overpriced player 
with no clear system of how he was going to work, what he's going to come of into. Course, yeah, yeah, the yeah. current problem of he's only there because he used to play for his manager. He's got zero discipline or self like temperament. <laughs> he's got no end product. And he's just all show. Like the, the reason that they signed him apparently was because he can do that daft thing of spinning around with the ball, which it looks like a trick a seal would do at, at, the, at an aquarium. Uh, yeah, if you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's park, like, yeah. I just think, honestly, he's the epitome of everything that's wrong at Manchester United. And I think Bruno Fernandes is right behind him in terms of the epitome of what's wrong at Manchester United. And I, like, I just thought he was a disgrace. I think Anthony Martial should be studied on how to graft people out of millions of pounds because he has been there so long and done nothing. And at no point has anyone ever said, like, there's the door, mate. Like, off you go. He went on loan to Sevilla last year. They knew they weren't getting rid of him. Sevilla didn't even bloody want him. United probably paid his wages the whole way through that. Like, it's just... All of it is just fucked. Yeah. It's like, it's at what point does this get fixed? Like, and I'll, sorry, I'll let you go in a minute, but mm. the, your your opinion on the future of Eric Ten Hag? Because for me, it is untenable now. For me, yeah, this course. is the players have down tools. Yeah, they yeah. are not working. They are not like trying. Them. They know they're going to be there longer than him. But. Manchester United will not sack him because they're in the midst of a buyout, right? Or of someone investing. And then even if they do sack him, who do you get who is (laughs) going to make the slightest bit of difference? Like, what do you think about this? Well, it feels to me like there was, that was a particular low point last night. Oh yeah, definitely. I think they needed a win on that night and that really doesn't help his cause or it doesn't help Man United overall, right? Um, I've said it for weeks. I would have sacked him ages ago, personally. That mm-hmm. would have been me. Um, but granted, given this, the scenario you've got, um, he's better off just staying as much as he can. Like, there's there's no loss for him, is there, at this moment in time. I think the job is far too bigger than one person going in there and changing it. However, there is a... It feels like there's a toxic atmosphere that has been lingering there and it's kind of like it's out kind of shun all of the managers that have been there since the Fergie days. So you saw obviously the kind of atmosphere and resentment towards uh, David Moyes in those early mm-hmm. days. There was that resentment around Louis van Gaal when he came in. Obviously, his football wasn't pretty, but they did win things, right? They that, did win you you can criticise him for all you like, but he won things there. Then they obviously turned to a multitude of caretakers before they eventually got, I think it was Jose, if I'm right yeah, yeah. in the thinking by that point. Jose turned them into winning stuff and they were second behind Man City. So yeah, in yeah. that summer, they should have invested then and supported Mourinho. Whether you like his philosophy or not, he would have got you big names into that squad. Mentality would have changed and potentially you would have moved on a few of the players that were lingering yeah. there and they are still there to this day right um so it it goes down to that kind of philosophy of what they're trying to achieve with certain players that they've signed this summer like you alluded to with anthony where do they actually fit like rasmus hoyland is such an exciting talent but you know you need time to nurture him and he's probably the only shining light right now for their kind of spark of the future right? I'm so afraid of what that club is going to do to him exactly. honestly I'm genuine like we're looking at a really really exciting young striker mm-hmm. 
who was like tearing up Serie A in, in yeah. the limited games that he had, right? Because he was injured. But when he was playing, he was tearing it up. And you can see already, like, Eric Ten Hag, when he needs a goal, he did it against Man City. He did it when they were, like, he takes him off. Yeah. And it's almost like he's surrendering the game at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it, at a certain point, Hoyland is just going to go, what's the point? Like... I'm the one guy who's running, busting a gut up front, making chances, yeah. getting shots, and I'm still getting taken off. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I'm really afraid of what could happen to him at that club. Yeah, he needs someone that can give him the support. And I think the problem you've got is, I would ship out all of the players if you could, but I think the problem you've got, Rory, is who's going to buy those players? Realistically, yeah. I mean, we're saying they're terrible. Like, what team is willing to spend at least 30 to 20 million just to ship those players or get them into their squads? Like, I don't know who's willing to do that. I mean, even they had the opportunity to ship off the likes of Harry Maguire. Now, I'm not his biggest fan, but that was a huge opportunity to just get him off the books, like give him a fresh start. He And for him, West yeah. Ham would have been a great move. Exactly. It would have been a great move for him. Exactly. And this is the problem that I think they've got now is that they're got players that they're having to rely on that they don't necessarily trust and then don't yeah. buy into so w- what is the point what is the actual point you might as well just play the youth team and just put a few bodies around them and that's it literally and yeah. just consolidate for the next few seasons because they're not going to get anything out of this squad but yeah. to the point look Eric Ten Hag I don't feel like He's naturally evolved over this time period since he's been at Man United. He doesn't inspire me. He doesn't fill me with confidence that he's going to be the man to lead them going forward either. And that, that's, I think that's when you want someone in this kind of critical point where it's not working well, you kind of hold on to that kind of comfort of he's changing something. He's trying to do something, yeah. right? And I don't see that. And we, we no. can have that kind of comparison to Arteta, right? I think you Completely. and a lot of times, probably Arsenal fans weren't too sure about that kind of angle, right? And there's been yeah. a lot of screw. I, I myself probably would have said Arteta would have gone out the door if I was the chairman. However, yeah. granted, Arsenal put the trust because they knew there was a whole process. You could, thing, still, right? you could still see the idea, even mm. when we went on that horrific losing streak during lockdown yeah. and I kicked the TV and everything got really <laughs> Nordic crime drama and dark. <laughs> it was, you could still see what, the idea was, and there was a direction of travel yeah. and there was like, okay, he's getting rid of these people. You could see the vision. Mm. You were just like, it's really hard to make out at the minute, but you could see it there. As we've said so many times with Ten Hag, I think I just can't see what his idea is. I can't see no. what his what his end goal is beyond mm. make Manchester United great again. I don't know what <laughs> his actual object, like what how he wants to get there. And I think... It's just, it, I he's been caught between this, like, trying to be this authoritative figure, but I also think his man management at times has been fucking terrible. Yeah. And I think, like, he's he's got the authority of a substitute teacher. I think I said it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just... Yeah. I think the players just do not like him. And when he's tried to put his foot down... Like, I always remember with the... The Marcus Rashford, he was two minutes late for training, right? Or two minutes late for a meeting and he got dropped for the game. Yeah, right? And it was a huge that, thing. Yeah. And it was like, oh, look at him. He's like stamping his authority. Mm-hmm. 
But then Man United were losing at half time and he brought on Rashford. Yeah. And instantly you're like, Rashford then, and all the players go, ah, okay. Ah, he doesn't really mean it though, does he? Because the second we're in trouble, we're just going to get back on the team. And I think little things like that just chip away at your authority. And I also think the fact that, (laughs) and I was listening to Wrighty's House today, which is a great podcast, Mm -hmm. by the way, and they made a really good point. Have you seen him make one more, like more than one facial expression? <laughs> Probably not, though. No, actually, no. He looks the same I every think time. He might occasionally he's... shout. That's the only time where I see his expression yeah. change, right? But other I than think that, no. There's nothing. You get nothing from him. And I think the players must sometimes just go to give us something, mate. Like, give us, like, inspiration. You need, like, right? I'm not saying you don't need to be like Arteta fucking running up and down the touchline. No, 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 no. But you've got to be encouraging, Richard right? Keys off. Yeah. But something that's like, yeah. you know, just something. Because I think if he's like that, maybe it's just for the cameras and it's like, you know, I'm just not like, you know, poker face so they can't read whatever. Yeah. But I can imagine that's what he's like. Yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden, like you're, you've not got that like, connection with to the manager. You've not got like you don't know where you stand. You don't know like I don't know. I just I think his man management is terrible. And I my last point on this, and I'll see what you think mm-hmm. and if you agree. I think once he does go, or when he goes, or when Jaden Sancho goes, it's going to come out that Jaden Sancho has been mistreated there. I think okay. um, because I think Jaden Sancho has a point in the fact that Anthony was consistently getting picked ahead of him despite having piss poor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I can agree with, yeah. Like, I, I think that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't know what he's like in training, but the way I saw it was, if your manager comes out in public and slags you off in public, I think you have the right to stick up for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you yeah, have yeah. the right to turn around and go, no, 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 wait. You can't just say what you want. Yeah, Like, yeah. I think... And all, all the the narrative I saw around it was, well, it's your manager, so shut up. Like maybe that's why I never get high in companies, but like <laughs> that's the only narrative I saw. And I thought, no, he's got every right to turn around and go if if he thinks that Eric Ten Hag's in the wrong and Eric thinks that he's in the wrong, then why doesn't Jaden have the right to turn around and go, no, I, I'm not having that. And then mm-hmm. for him to now turn around and say, you're completely exiled. You can't even have lunch with your teammates. He's having like a packed lunch in the thing. He's not even like. It is. I think it's going to come out that he's been so mistreated. And Jaden, come to Arsenal. I will take you in a fucking heartbeat because I promise you, any player that leaves Manchester United, Bruno Fernandez, any of them, the next club they go to, they fucking smash it. I'm telling you, because <laughs> it's just not the right environment. Like, how how do you feel about his man management in general? I think it's uh, I think true. his man management has been called out before as well. If we take it back to Cristiano Ronaldo, and I know that was a bit more controversial in terms of the circumstances of. You know, he was letting him kick him out of the club because he didn't necessarily buy into him, didn't want the big ego, etc. And to a degree, we know there's an ego with Ronaldo, right? But I think when he... <laughs> to, did, a degree, yeah. to a degree, yeah. To a degree. To a degree. Yeah. Look, there is... Uh, a rather element. large degree, but, but yeah. But the thing is, you got to remember, he came back to Man United knowing it wasn't the same Man United that he yeah. first joined, right? He came there with a mission to try and bring them back to its former glory. It never works out, right? But in that first season, he was the top goal scorer. Whether you like it or not, he was the top goal scorer. And with handsomely, some decent contribution there. Now, what he said on his exit was that he didn't feel like Eric Ten Hag inspires his team. He doesn't feel like he actually understands. And also, I think the big point that has been drawn upon is 
that when you use that Ajax, Ajax have a tradition of playing a certain way, which I feel covered what actually is the ability of Ten Hag personally. And I think it's coming to a bit more light now yeah. around what his man management skills actually are. So what I mean by that is like, look, Ajax play a really decent brand of football and they did that in the Champions League. They surprised a lot of teams and I don't dispute that there would have been a little bit of an influence by Ten Hag. However, it was a lot of it was down to the complexion of you've got a good squad as well. So a good and you've number got the academy that's been playing players. that football since exactly. they were Look, seven years old. Mateus right? De Ligt, yeah. you had De Jong, you had obviously uh, Frankie De Jong. There was obviously Tadic who was bought in yeah, that season. Uh, Hakimi, Hakimi. There was, Hakimi, yeah, was loads. Sorts, yeah. There was loads essentially. Danny Blind was there as well, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So they had a nice little blend of experience, but. I don't necessarily think that was all Ten Hag's doing in terms of their progression mm. in that Champions League run. And, you know, what they did in Eredivisie was very good. But again, I don't think it was as competitive as it was now, for example. No. Um, so when you I take think... him out of that environment, I personally don't think he is necessarily the best coach out there around personally for what they need to do. Because I think actually... He's not an pl- uh, individual that can do an Alex Ferguson and change the way you do Well, no, things. but also you don't get Alex Ferguson. No, 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 no. But I think you need a certain individual when you're going into a big job like Man yeah. United, right? That's what I mean by that. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think he was a man that you could look at his experience and go, do you know what? He's going to bring success. No, they were. Ta- I think they were taking a risk on a. They were. Ta- they were rolling the dice on a manager that had done. I'm. I don't want to be too revisionist about it. So I think mm. he had done a very good job at Ajax. That team played very good football. I was very excited about that team. Yeah. But also looking back at it now, there has to be a conversation about how none of those players have really kicked on and done better since. Um, I think the only exception might be Frankie De Jong. Is the only one yeah, where yeah. you could say he's gone and he's hit higher levels and he's become what we expected. But Van der Beek, De Ligt, yeah. a lot of those players have just not lived up to it at all. So I think there's a conversation there as well. Um, but I think, yeah, they were taking a chance on an exciting new coach and I think they underestimated how pragmatic he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. he's a total football manager. I think he did yeah. that because he was at Ajax and that's what you do. But now he's got this club that has zero identity and there's no like you know, there's no Man United way really. There was the Alex Ferguson score in the 95th minute. You know what I mean, <laughs> but like there's the club's lost whatever identity it had. So now it's just him like playing pragmatic football. I yeah. think I think that's what he's trying to do. I don't know. It's just not. It's just not clear. So I think the the interesting thing is that he's, I think he's going to be there the entire season. I think. It could weirdly work out. It could if they just stick with him and let Jim Radcliffe come in and they get a director of football and they bring in the staff around him and they can and maybe then Ten Hag turns it around and maybe then it's like the the background helps him. The only issue for me is that his transfers have been atrocious. Like he yeah, has yeah. picked those players. He's picked the players He's like Anthony as well, for example. So yeah. that's the problem. He's wanted those players and they've not been good buys. So I think the reason why it was so successful at Ajax as well was because they had Mark Overmars until he started sending pictures yeah. of his dick well, to yeah, the secretary. Course, yeah. Like, and he was an incredible director of football. Yeah. Like, he was amazing. He was talented, yeah. Um, so I think, it, like, 
because I watched the HITC sevens thing on what on earth is going on at Ajax, which is really yeah, good by yeah. the way, because obviously they're bottom of every division now, and they made it perfect, or he made it perfectly clear on there just how key Mark Overmars was to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. Eric Ten Hag was very reliant on his backroom staff yeah. and the people above him to be doing their job. And obviously at Manchester United, they're not. I now realise we've nearly hit the 30-minute mark and we've only <laughs> talked about Manchester United. And it's just every bloody week. We're going to have to rebrand as a Man United podcast at this point. Um, <laughs> but we do need to say congratulations, Newcastle. Sorry, Newcastle fans. Like a genuinely an amazing night. The Newcastle fans were having a great time. The atmosphere was unbelievable. There was, okay, like, yeah. you, they were all laying in the first half. It, it looked great. I was very impressed with Newcastle. It's just, you know, you're not the headline. I'm sorry. Um, but we're going to move on to the next game. I yeah. think. I think I'm ready for it. Um, West Ham 3, Arsenal 1. <laughs> this was just one of those nights, man. It was just one of those nights. The second mm. Ben White scored that own goal, I went, ah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's going to be one of those. Yeah. It's going to be one of those. Half-time, West Ham were 1-0 up with an XG of 0.00. Yep. Uh, they had had a single shot and they were 1-0 up. Now, that isn't necessarily fair because they were the much better side they than were, us. Yeah. Um, we, if I have to, honestly, I was just sat at the telly doing, stop passing it backwards. <laughs> like, all we did was get the ball, turn and pass it back. Get the ball, look, turn and pass it back for 90 minutes. Yeah. It was insane. Um now, obviously, Arteta rotated the squad. Ramsdale in goal. Uh, Kivior, who I thought actually did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in at centre-back, left-footed yep. in the right centre-back role. Arteta doesn't usually like that. Um, Zinchenko came in. I need to talk about Zinchenko. Um, <laughs> the midfield was too lightweight, I think. Yep. Uh, between Havertz. Fabio Vieira, Havertz and Jorginho, mm-hmm. we just lost that midfield battle completely. Um, Eddie Nketiah was anonymous, which is what he's prone to do. Yep. Um and then Reese Nelson actually played pretty well, I think, um, until he got hooked. Um, and Trossard did sod all. Mm-hmm. But my issue, before I talk about West Ham, because I was very, very impressed with West yeah, Ham, yeah. Zinchenko can't defend. <laughs> yeah, can't defend. yeah, this, this has always been there in the background, to be fair. And like, I think he always adapts this left back wing play kind of position. But actually, he's not very good defensively. He was put there as a temporary makeshift. He's more of a yeah. midfielder, let's be brutally honest. But he's played out in the wrong position. Should be Kieran Tierney right there, to be honest. That's my thoughts. Yeah. I can't... Like, the first goal... No, the way... Yeah, the first goal. So the corner mm. doesn't happen if Shinchenko tracks his runner. So Gabriel has to make Come up across, for him, yeah. gets it, gets his head to it, and he points to Zinchenko and he's like, you could just see him in English going, mm. fucking hell, can you mark your man? Like, it's your guy. Yeah. The Kudos goal, the second yes. goal, yeah. Yeah. Zinchenko is not tight enough to him mm-hmm. and gives yeah, Kudos yeah, all yeah. the time in the world, then, get, then gets done by him. And then all of a sudden it's 2-0. The third one, like... Let's be honest, we had to score two of West Ham's goals for <laughs> You did, But, yeah. like, West Ham was still very much the better team. Yeah. Um, I think Arteta underestimated West Ham, or maybe just didn't really give a shit about this competition. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, I it's think a shame. he expected more. Yeah, it is a shame. It is a shame. Um, I think he expected more from the players he put out there, obviously. The only thing that was concerning to me from an Arsenal point of view was the lack of application. It was just mm. so casual it was just really casual and i kind of got the feeling that oh we've just won five nil this will be another one we'll just rock up and we'll just get it done Mm. and i'm glad almost glad this has happened ahead of the newcastle game because that is not going to be an easy game we're going away we need to be full strength fully switched on and 
at it. And I think this might be a wake-up call we need. Um, the only other silver lining, Martin Odegaard getting a goal. I know it sounds daft, but Odegaard has yeah, not been in the greatest much, form. No. And him getting that goal could actually be massive. I think it just gives him that bit of like, mm. it was the one time we played football over the six <laughs> minutes and we scored. Yeah, um, and I was like, why didn't we do that 20, 10 minutes ago? Um, mm. But it was good for, good for him to score. So I think that's the positives. That's it. Um, mm. For West Ham though, Kudos and Pakita yes. and Alvarez and, and Bowen. Bowen. Yeah. Sudden, like, not suddenly, they've spent that Declan Rice money so well. I just need to put that out there. Like, yeah. the way they've spent that money is incredible. Yeah. Um, their midfield absolutely ran us ragged. Yes. Absolutely ran us ragged. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. could us roll from like going from midfield and making those yeah, runs, yeah, yeah. winning the ball back. We loved him when he was at Ajax, right? We talked about him a lot yeah. and we're like, we yeah, can't yeah, wait to course. see this guy in the Premier League. I'm so glad he's killing it at West Ham. I thought he was fantastic. Pakita is a lovely player to watch. He's just incredible. He like mm-hmm. when when he did the rainbow flick, I did want to break both his legs. But <laughs> he is a, he's a lovely player to watch, right? He can be. He can be. There's always been that kind of bit of quality that we knew from the AC Milan days and obviously Leon mm-hmm. as well and it was just unearthing that to be a bit more consistent and obviously yeah, yeah. there was that element of how does he fit into this David Moyes squad because that doesn't feel like a natural fit does it doesn't it feel like a Moyes player um, but <laughs> he's proved that he can do all of the work that David Moyes has set him out to do you know to track him back obviously and he's had to bide his time I believe from Natalie Jedra she kind of reflected mm-hmm. on that she, she did an interview with him and he said like when he joined he constantly was just learning and developing his kind of skill set in terms of his gameplay and when you've got a player that's that hungry that really benefits everyone doesn't it and it's not just Mm -hmm. him personally but obviously the squad is reflective of how they're doing so well Um, but the one player I think you've also alluded to Alvarez I think when you think about Ajax position he's a very good midfielder who can break up the play he's almost a great replacement for Declan Rice in that yeah. respect yeah, 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 he's yeah, been yeah. so perfect in the fact that he's slotted in without having much time to like kind of you know because a lot of the time when you have like foreigners that come into the game they take a little bit long you know getting adapted yeah. to the pace but he hasn't he's adjusted really well and you yeah. know with Kudus is another one he gave him time to settle in at like West Ham he didn't necessarily put him on straight away which, you know, I think maybe that was the learnings from Skamaka potentially, where they... Yeah, it's very good management. It's good management. So I think, you know, with Kudos, he he was a natural fit. He was going to do really well in the Premier League personally. I thought he was always going to do Mm. that, whether that be at West Ham or elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, what a signing he's going to be. I mean, that finish and just the control. Control for that first touch was incredible. I'm surprised, though, Rory, that someone like an Arsenal didn't decide to go and just take a cheeky bid on him because I I think that would have been so well worth the bid. I think we're going to regret not doing that (laughs) because we were linked with him and I was like, yeah, just get him now. Get him now. Given that you sold Bolligan to Monaco as well, like that money could have been recuperated and put into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a a frustrating one, that. But I think for West Ham, like incredible signing. 
I think Bowen again, he, every time oh, he plays, yeah, yeah. there's bloody problems. He's just an unreal player, just never stops. His end product, he's always dangerous. Like, I feel like mm. his end product has improved so much over the last few, last two seasons. Yeah. His end product has got a lot better. He's still improving. I think the only area where I think West Ham need to now improve and it's a problem that, that has haunted them for about 20 years they need a striker they can just never buy strikers west ham every well, time they buy a striker it doesn't really it doesn't really work and i think they still need to fill that hole because i think michael antonio as good as he is yeah. he's getting older and he's not going to get you 15 goals a season no you need i still think that's the one hole in their squad where i'm like get but, that and then mm, you really start pushing but i think that's the kudos kudos is that signing providing mm. he stays there more than just the one season because I, I yeah, think, yeah, 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 he's going to be picked on from next season. But Mikel Antonio, he's a typical Moyes type of player as well. So I think what will happen is we'll see how he plays for the rest of the season and potentially Moyes might start looking at who's the replacement for an Antonio-like player, potentially yeah. someone that can yeah. run and maybe not score too many goals, but if he can get someone that can score goals, then he'll do that. Again, he might be clever and shrewd and look at the free transfer market as well, see who's available. Because, well, down you know, in the championship. He likes going yeah. down to the championship, doesn't he? So I think, so, yeah, that's the one the one hole in their squad, I think. But for West Ham, they're becoming a bit of a cup team. They're becoming like, you know, decent in knockout competitions. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Conference League last year, they're now into the semi-finals, quarter-finals of the uh, League Cup. And... Yeah. Yeah, they, it's really putting some form together in the Cups and a, a win they massively needed. That was three losses in a row for them, mm. I think it was. So they needed that win. Huge, genuinely, absolutely outclassed us. It was insane. Um, yeah. But we're going to leave that one there, I think. Elsewhere in the Cup, um, Liverpool beat Bournemouth 2-1 with the funniest goal. <laughs> Is that Darwin Nunes summed up in one goal? Um, the yes. worst first touch known <laughs> to man and then the best finish known to man. It's insane. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I still like the guy. I think there's a lot about him. I and love I think him, honestly. He, he's going to get better and better in time. But he still has that in his locker where he, he'll look like Bambi on ice sometimes where he's controlling the ball and then miraculously just turn a bit of skill on. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that you saw from last season is he's getting a lot more composure when it comes to those kind mm. of um, last minute finishes and you know just that last minute decision making I think he's getting better with that and he's got more custom with the squad as well hasn't he he's becoming more adjusted to the way of working as well so yeah I can see this being really exciting coming towards the end and the other thing Rory is if, if you take away that Spurs defeat they have been literally unbeaten across most of yeah. most of the competition so far so could we be seeing Liverpool winning this competition given that there's no Man City there's no Man United there's no Arsenal Chelsea aren't particularly great to be honest I know there's still Newcastle to potentially navigate past but I would say if you were going to have them as a final pairing I would still fancy Liverpool over Newcastle on the day and look, we're seeing Jurgen Klopp 2.0. I think this is mm. his second team start like forming now in front of us. Yeah. This is the this is the next Liverpool team that will be challenging for titles, and I think they'll be challenging for it this year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they really people are sleeping on them a lot. Like they're yeah. a very Dismissing very good them. team, mm. and I think that's how Klopp will like it. Nobody talking about them. They can just yeah. be in third, quietly getting their business done, and they are gonna make a push for it. I absolutely mm. tell you. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad they're doing well. I do like Liverpool. Um, 
And then elsewhere, Everton beating Burnley yeah, 3-0. A resurgent Everton. Uh, can't stop winning. Um, Tarkovsky <laughs> scoring against his old team. Um, Amadou Anana finally getting a goal. It feels like he should chip in with a few more, but obviously a very, very good player. And then Ashley Young in the 92nd minute to get the win there. Chelsea beating Blackburn Rovers 2-0. Badi Ashile scoring mm. on his return from injury. Lovely little moment that. And Raheem mm. Sterling getting yes. the second. Nothing really of note there. I think it was a fairly comfortable win for uh, for Chelsea. We have Ipswich Town. They cha- they made 11 changes to their team. They definitely did yeah. not want to be in the Carabao Cup. Definitely focusing on the uh, on the championship, I yes. think. As they're and that's understandable because right? they're quite high up. So they could be they in are, the Premier League next season. I think they are five points clear in second last time mm-hmm. I looked, I think. Um, but Fulham getting a 3-1 win to go through there. And I've not really mentioned it because they're Cruz rivals and I'm kind of pissed off they're doing yeah, it. So but Port Vale over to the yeah. quarterfinals. And I'm really annoyed. Um, they they beat did Mansfield have an easy-ish one tie, it has to be no, said. No, they did. Because they yeah, had Sutton United Mansfield. in the previous round. Then they had, obviously, Mansfield Town. And now they face Middlesbrough. Somehow... They're in the quarterfinals and they will be playing Middlesbrough at home. Yep. I guarantee you they win that and they will <laughs> get a big tie, which is good for them. I just don't like Port Vale, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, Exeter 2, Middlesbrough 3. Yeah. A bit of a banger of a game there, which exactly. got Middlesbrough through to their glamour tie away at Port Vale, which the wait. fans will be bloody Burslem. Jesus, good luck, boys. Um, <laughs> but they did get past Exeter 3 2 in the longest journey of the Carabao Cup, yes. I think. Exeter yeah. to Middlesbrough. Yeah, Jesus. I was going to say there's a similar kind of distance for a tie in the FA Cup, but I won't spoil it yet, Rory. I'll Oof. get the listeners to guess what that could be. I like it. Well, we're going to leave the Carabao Cup there, the Mickey Mouse Cup that doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. We're going to leave it there and we're going to go to the Coppa Italia where it all kicked off this week. Mm. Um, Cremonese indeed <laughs> kicking off during my lunch break against Cittadella uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Salernitana, it looks like it could be curtains for Andrea Pirlo. He is getting under a lot of pressure mm. at Sampdoria. Salernitana winning 4-0. Uh, Giovane Cabral getting a goal. Remember the name, guys. I'm still excited about this guy. I'm hoping he's going to get a bit of form together. But when I've seen him, I've been pretty excited by him. Um, But the game we actually want to talk about, really, is Lecce 2, Parma 4. I think it's the closest to a giant killing in this round, really, or the only Uh, giant killing. Yeah, I'm looking at the fixtures, I would say. Frosinone, Torino. Oh, Frosinone, currently beating Torino. But, uh, yeah, the only giant killing of the round. Um... And it was a bit of a mad one. Uh, Palmer go 2-0 up um, from Som and Bonnie. You need to check out the Bonnie goal. It's an absolute banger um, from Miles out. Just batters it. And then Lecce managed to get themselves back to 2-2 in the 76th minute. Um, the Strafezza goal is another beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful goal. Um, mm. We know what he's like. He's a class player. Yeah. Um, he gets them back into it and you think, oh, okay, they've woken up now. The Serie A team are going to get this done. But no, not quite. Um, In the 94th minute, Pongracic scores an own goal um, as Dennis Mann, a player that I've been very excited about for a while. Mm. Um, A long, long, long time ago, we had a Romanian journalist on called Emmanuel Roshu. who was talking about um, Romanian players who were coming into Serie A. 
And there was a few in Palmer, and Dennis Mann was one of the ones he was talking about. He said, if he's in Serie B, he'll do really well, but I really hope he gets to Serie A standard. Well, he was absolutely smashing it in this game. He's having a pretty good season overall. He puts the ball across for Pongracic to smash into his own net. Um, and then there's a penalty in the 97th minute, and Dennis Mann steps up and scores the penalty. So technically a goal and an assist, or two goals if you're generous. Mm-hmm. Um, and Palmer flying not only have they knocked out Serie A um, opposition but in Serie B they are currently five points clear at the top Um, they've won eight games drawn two lost one in 11 games they've scored 23 goals Um, so they're the highest scorers in the league by some distance by by some distance Mm -hmm. and they've only conceded nine goals Um, so they are absolutely killing it and under their new manager I want to say his name Fabio Pescia isn't it Pecchia, that's Pecchia, it. Yeah. Um, Fabio Pecchia, he's worked at Real Madrid as vice, uh, as um, assistant manager. He's worked at quite a few big yeah. clubs. He's had a long, um, a long career of coaching. I think this is him doing a really good job with a massive club, and hopefully we'll see Palmer back. So it's just I wanted to just put a spotlight on them, mm. just doing really well at the moment. Um, and they've got a really exciting young squad there. Like um, it'd be good to you. Well, you're in your Palmer shirt. I You'd am. Love to see them back, right? I'm donning them. Yeah, I'd love to see them back just for nostalgia reasons. I think you know mm-hmm. they've been missing in Serie A for, and we know there was that huge kind of financial aspect of their ownership, oh, oh. and that really did screw them over. They rebuilt about four times. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they came yeah. back as a reformed yeah. Palmer. It has to be said, and you know they did come back into Serie A, but they were weren't special. When it, they did make that return, unfortunately, uh, they made a few bad decisions in terms of managers that were leading them. They got rid of the manager after their first season, even though he did respectably really well. I've forgotten who his mm. name was now, but he in that first season, I think there were like 13th in Serie A. Yeah, they yeah, decided yeah. to get rid of him because it wasn't high enough for them. And uh, the following season, they got relegated, right? Is that like um, Greek myth? Who is it who flies to the sun? Oh, I can't remember his name. Though. I thought you were um, going to say that's Graziano Pella because obviously he's yeah, a striker. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, I've got really, uh, when I really like Palmer because me and friend of the show, Tom, um, he came out to Milan to visit and we went to Palmer for the day. So we thought we've got to go and see the stadium, right? Got to go see yeah, the stadium. Yeah. Um, it's it's Calcio heritage. So we went to the stadium and the gate was unlocked. So we just walked in, um, <laughs> and we went into the stadium. We were like stood walking around the steps and that, and like around the all the seating and whatever. Looked at the pitch, thought this is pretty good. And then we came out, and as we came out, we saw like this little museum, and we were like, oh, we'll go and look in the museum. And the board were having a meeting there, <laughs> and we like just walked into like the board meeting, um, and they were all like, "Oh, can we help?" And we're like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt." But they were so nice; they like showed us around the museum and talked around everything, like interrupted their wow. board meeting just to be like, "Oh, this is Palmy, you know, this is our history. Blah, 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 this is this, this is this." Honestly, unbelievable. And we left, and we were like, okay, like sorry to interrupt. And then they just got back to their meeting, and we were like, oh, that was quite nice. Yeah, so ever nice. since, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Palmer. So it'd be nice to see them hopefully back in Serie A soon, killing it in Serie B. Lecce obviously won't be too bothered about the Coppa Italia, but mm. they should be. It's a big competition. I wish people cared more. <laughs> um, elsewhere, Udinese did they best to draw a game again, yes, uh, but they, they did lost, manage to lose <laughs> it in extra time um, with Cagliari scoring a late second. And just mm. now... Frosinone have beaten Torino 2-1. Yeah. And Ibrahimovic has scored for Frosinone. Not that Not Ibra, that one. Not Arion. That one. 
Adion Ibrahimovic scoring yeah. and Reina, who's been very good for Frosinone so far mm. this year, getting a goal in the 98th minute. Oh, no, it's going into the second half of extra time. It's not official yet. It's the second half of extra time. So that is the Coppa Italia. Um, I think we're going to talk FA Cup, Adam. No, FA yeah, Cup first round? Yeah, let's talk a bit of FA Cup, right, Rui? Um, so we do kick off on Friday as you uh, hopefully are listening to us as we release this episode. And um, we start off with, Rory, Barnsley versus Horsham. That That is the g- game to kick us off in this FA Cup round. Um, very big tie for Horsham. But we, we've got a number of ties, Rory, when we were talking offline about could there be a shock on the cards? We always like these little shocks of little teams doing quite well. I'm just going to go through a few that I think could be the uh, games to look out for. So uh, Bolton at home to Sully Hall Moors. We've got Cambridge United at home to Bracknell Town. Uh, we've got Chesham United at home to Maidstone, which could be an interesting one because one of the non-league teams will hopefully go through there. Um, then we further go down the list and Oxford United at home to Maidenhead United, which could be an interesting tie there. We've got Reading at home to Milton Keynes Don. So uh, that could be a classic. We, we're not guaranteeing it there, unfortunately, Rory. Um, the game that I was referring to earlier, Rory, where I was talking about distances, so you've got a feel for Gateshead fans. They've got to travel all the way to Somerset to uh, take on Yeovil Town. So oh my God, be... I've been to Yeovil and it's like going it's the middle to of nowhere. It's middle the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> middle insane. of nowhere. It is incredible. Um, the other ties just to watch out for on Saturday as well. Uh, Bromley at home to Blackpool. So that could be an interesting one. But the one I wanted to bring out, Rory, is the Sunday ties, which we've got Charlton Athletic taking... A, I would say a tube right because it's not very long for them to go and it's going to be televised this match but it's against Craze Valley Paper Mills had to Oof. look them up but they are essentially two teams that formed in the 90s they play in the Eastman League uh, they've got through a number of rounds to get to this stage fair play we wouldn't have heard of it until the FA Cup draw, Cream right? Valley. And the magic comes to play. So let's see how that goes. Obviously, you've got your very own crew taking on Derby <sighs> County. So let's see how that goes. Uh, Slough oh, Town at home to Grimsby Town. Slough Town was the name that we haven't heard of for a number of years. Um, but yeah, they are back in the big time in that first round. And then we've also got Chesterfield taking on Portsmouth. So Portsmouth on the madness. They haven't lost since March. Yeah, they came close to uh, dropping points against Wickham until they got a late winner against us. Their manager, Moussinho, Moussinho, right? Yeah. Absolutely killing it. Yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting character. I've actually met John Messunio, believe it or not, Rory. Um, he was an ex-Wickham player, very young, okay. brought in by Peter Taylor at the time. And I happened to serve him in the O2 shop when I was working there. Right. And just random story there. I got chatting to him and he's a very nice guy, but he's a very quiet guy. So I never would have anticipated him to make the move to be a coach, shall we say, based on oh, his playing yeah. days, careers. I mean, he was only... 22 i want to say he was released by brentford at the time came to wickham but he's done all right for himself so let's wait and see absolutely killing it at portsmouth yeah um and just because i really like the name i wanted to give sheppy united a call a shout out um they're playing walsall um (laughs) tomorrow or friday 
They're in the same division as hashtag United or the same level as hashtag United, which is a bit mad. That when you think about that, when it's like hashtag yeah. United were like a YouTube experiment and now they're like <laughs> in the football pyramid. It's a bit mad, isn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah, they will be hosting Walsall as well. It's a great name, Sheppy. I'm not sure Sheppy. where it is. It says it's in Isle of Sheppy, but that doesn't really help me. Um, I'm not sure where that is. My UK geography, the second it comes to the south, is absolutely terrible. Um, so I'm going to imagine it's somewhere down south. Um, but yeah, hopefully there'll be there's going to be plenty of giant killings there, right? I think there's so. going to be a few. I think there there'll be a few. I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil in. The Alex are definitely going to lose. But that's not a giant killing. I'm gonna pencil in Oxford United to lose to Maidenhead. Why yeah, not? Let's I, say. I think that's a good banker there. So get your get your money on that one. I think that is. Cracking. Great to have the FA Cup back. We mm. will as well be releasing our documentary, uh, if we're not sounding too grandiose <laughs> about it. Um, our documentary, our groundbreaking documentary. Yeah, groundbreaking. Um, on the history of the FA Cup with um, all-round legend that is AFC Finners. Um, and Tommy's on that one as well, yes. I think. Um, so we will be releasing that across this weekend as well, so you can get in the FA Cup spirit. You can feel the magic of the cup. Um, but we are going to take a very quick break and we're going to give our weekend preview for the Premier League and Serie A right after this. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm David Wheeler, and you're listening to the Anglo-Italian Podcast. And here we are. It is time for the weekend preview, and we're going to start with... Honestly, we are going to start with Adam. I'm going to send you to go in first while I yes. wake up. Serie A weekend preview. Let's do it. We'll start off with, hopefully, listener, this evening on the Friday, you are going to take in Bologna, take on Lazio. Uh, Lazio is starting to pick up some form here, Rory, but we do like Bologna. So, we love you know, Bologna. this could be a draw. I, I feel this could be a draw. Anyway, we move into Saturday. We have got the uh, Derby Sud, as you call it, I think it is. It's Salernitana mm. taking on Napoli. So we'll see if there's <laughs> any fans of Naples taking that journey to Salernitana. I suspect not. But uh, that's at 2pm if you do fancy watching that. But the big game potentially is later on. So we've got Atalanta and Bergamo hosting Inter. So a bit of a quiet ride for those Inter fans. Was well, about an hour, half an hour roughly? To yeah, Bergamo, about an hour roughly. away. Yeah, so. This is a big one as well because mm. Skamaka has started scoring again. He's yes. back in the team. Yeah, he yeah. got two last week. Um, I think he could he could cause a few problems here. I yeah. think in uh, obviously great win last weekend um, or whenever it was the one 0 win that they got. When was that? Um, that was it a was great win. Monday night. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, there we go. Um, they got a great win, but I think Atalanta they've had a bit of a slow start to the season, they but have. steady. Yes, and I feel like they're starting now. Skamaka's back and fully fit. This could actually be a bit of a. A ding-dong. And yeah, two teams that really, really don't like each other. Yes, exactly. And then, if anything, hopefully, the Ketelair, he's always already done his initiation song. I don't know if you've seen it online. but He got sent on our Fanta Calcio <laughs> group today. It was the Ketelair singing Rihanna, right? Yeah. 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 
yeah. under that umbrella, eh? eh? Incredible. Um, but yes, Incredible. let's see if he can uh, help the AC Milan feel with some joy over this period. Um, I suspect not. Um, but then no. we move into the evening kickoff on Saturday evening. Milan at home to Udinese. Udinese, this draw specialist. We joke about it, Rory. Could they pick up a draw at the San Siro? There is a potential. I think it's going to be a draw. Because it is I'm going to put my neck on the line and say it's going to be a draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll move into Sunday because it's not very exciting, I'm afraid, folks. And Rory, uh, Hellas Verona kick us off on Sunday against Monza at 11.30. Then we have Calgary, who are back in form after today's win as well. Uh, or yesterday's win, should I say, in the Coppa Italia um, against Genoa. Then we've got Roma, who need to get something back on the board at home to Lecce before the late kickoff. And I'm definitely not going to endure this one. Rui, I don't want to do the reaction to this one. But Fiorentina versus Juventus. Um, yeah, screw I'm yourself. Watch I'm it. not going to watch gonna it. It's going to be crap. <laughs> Like, I just know it's going to be crap. And the thing is, Fiorentina are a really good side to watch, but they just... can be when they decide to turn yeah. it on. That's the problem. When they decide yeah, to well, turn there it is up. that as well. They've not really been as good not as we really. thought. They've definitely really. been up and down this year, haven't they? So I and think just Juve... quickly to cap it off, Monday night we've got Frozenone taking on Empoli and Torino versus Sassuolo. So yeah, not a lot kicking off this weekend, Rory. But yeah, I'm going to say is the one low key. Low-key exciting game is going to be Cagliari-Genoa. I think that's going to be the game that actually could be pretty decent. Two promoted sides from last year, roughly the same level. Both kind of got like fighting a bit, especially Cagliari, like you said, fresh off their first win. I think there could be a few goals in that game. I think that could be one to just keep a lazy eye on. Let's see. If Genoa are 3-0 up by the 70th minute mark, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. We know what's going on. Pile on. Pile (laughs) on on Bet365. Just pile on. Uh, Nice. Good. Then we... So we're going to go to the Premier League, I suppose. Let's do it. Um, Premier League. Um, It all kicks off. The early (laughs) kickoff on Saturday. Oh, the whole world will be watching as Fulham host Manchester United. And never back the early kickoff. That's what they say, right? So that means of you should back a United win because that's the less likely, that's the least likely thing to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe maybe United do get the job done. Maybe they surprise everyone. Obviously, Fulham have an issue scoring goals they um, do, yeah. in general. Man United having issues everywhere. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see who has the least issues, I suppose. Yeah. Um, then the, going into the three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday, uh, mm. Brentford versus West Ham in a lovely Ooh. little London derby. Um, Brentford in form. Yeah. West Ham with a big win. Um, well, yeah, both Ish. teams off the back of big wins. Um, yeah. And I think this could be an interesting one. I, I get the feeling that West Ham's record against Brentford actually isn't that good. Um, but... It will be interesting to see if Brentford can continue, like if that Chelsea thing was a flash in the pan or if they're actually going to build yeah, a bit I'm of consistency. I'm just, just quickly not looking at this because I seem to remember there was a few suspensions for West Ham players in the last they match against Everton and Paqueta's missing and so is They Edson, haven't got Paqueta or Alvarez, I think. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. So, that is a big, they are two big misses. Mm. Um, they are two big misses. So a big chance for Brentford there. Maybe... Um, there's going to be a bloodbath in Manchester as Man City host Bournemouth. That could be frigging anything. That could be a cricket score, honestly. Yeah. Um, Sheffield United still looking for their first win. Will be hosting Wolverhampton mm. Wanderers. Sheffield United now with the worst start in Premier League history. Yes, even worse than that Derby team. Yes. Um, 
this is going to be a grim, grim season for Sheffield United. Wolves looking very comfortable, having mm-hmm. a lovely old time. I reckon they'll get a win there. Yeah. Um, Burnley against Crystal Palace. These are the kind of games that Burnley need to try to win, but they're not going to win them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crystal Palace are going to have enough to get past them. Roy Hodgson in a bit of trouble with his comments about some of the players after the game last time. Um, he's had to. Uh, he said he had to apologise to some of the younger players because he feels like he stepped out of line in their uh, judgment of their performance, which I think is very graceful from him mm. as he is. Um, but yeah, a, a bit of a disappointing season from from Palace so far, I suppose. Um, then we have Everton taking on Brighton. Everton in sparkling form. Um, Brighton not so much, so this could be a tricky one for Brighton. I genuinely think yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it could be a bit of a like could be a bit of an interesting game as well and then the late kickoff is the Newcastle United slot so of course it's the late kickoff on Saturday um Newcastle United will be hosting Arsenal last year Arsenal played incredibly and won 2-0 and took the points home I'm less confident about it this time um I do feel like midweek was a flash in the pan and we should be all right we're actually still having a very Mm. good start to the season um but Newcastle it's a tricky place to go right yeah, yeah, definitely. It's not going to be easy, is it, Rory? And uh, I do not do not feel sorry for the fans that do decide to make their way up there because they've decided to walk up those steps to sit in the way end as well. So, <laughs> fair play. It is like bloody... It is Everest up there. It's bloody horrible in the way yeah. up there. Um, then on Sunday we have we were we were trying to figure out if this is a derby or not, or mm. we're just lumping everything together in the middle. Trying our but best. Nottingham Forest taking on Aston Villa, um, and that is at uh, three o'clock on Sunday. Um, and then we have Luton, Luton Town hosting mm. Liverpool. Um, the biggest team they've had down there so far, I think. Um, Spurs yeah, don't count, so probably ish. the biggest team they've had down there. Um, it'll be an interesting atmosphere. That a lovely Sunday afternoon. Um, I do still think Liverpool will get the job done, but I think it'll be harder than you think. Um, mm. And then on Monday night, we have a London derby, Tottenham hosting Chelsea. Am I, bully- am I being foolish in thinking that Chelsea can take anything here? Am I, get- am I just getting my hopes up? <sighs> Do we give them a chance? I don't know because it's a Pochettino effect. They played well against coming those. back. Yeah, it, it depends which Chelsea side decides to turn up, right? And um, yeah, you would expect a bit more fight. I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. Personally, I, I think this could be a draw. It could be Ange gets tested here potentially, um, but I'm basing it on Deal. the h- hypothesis of <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say there might be a few injury scares, but I'm looking at the squad. Maybe not. Um, yeah, there's not not much for either side to be fair. So I think, yeah, on paper I would say Spurs are the stronger side Spurs personally. Are probably going to win it on mm. freak's sake. When will this end? Right. Well, that is our <laughs> Premier League preview. Um, if there are any Spurs fans listening, I doubt it. But if there are, yeah, uh, I don't apologise. Um, right. We are going to go for the mastermind quiz it's time for the mastermind quiz so we're going to take a very 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 quick break we're going to set the tension set the tone and we'll come back with mastermind good evening maybe good morning and welcome to the mastermind quiz smooth um this week we've taken a bit of a hiatus but this week is my turn to test Adam and oh. his knowledge. Now, Adam, are you ready for the two 
uh, categories that you can choose from. As ever, I want to do more than one correct answer this time. So let's. Well, yeah, I feel on. like neither of us are really covering ourselves in glory in well, terms of like our, yeah. our trivia general knowledge <laughs> with this. Um, but you know, both in the gut of looking at the stars, it's fine. Um, so you have two categories to choose from. You yep. have um, debut teams in Europe this year. Okay. Or you have FA Cup trivia fa cup Ooh. history trivia quiz are we talking clubs players what we're we talking is it over all of or? the above all of the above let's go for fa cup given that it's in the spirit of this episode in the let's spirit of the cup yes it's in the spirit it. of the cup let's and you it. have to follow the spirit of the cup uh good so i'm gonna get the timer for one minute um, as I look at my phone like a boomer to try and get the uh, <laughs> timer. There we go. I've got it now. Uh, good. Adam, are you ready? Let's do it. One minute starting now. On January the 18th, 2005, Liverpool's Jimmy Traore scored a comical own goal. But who was it against? Blackburn Rovers. Oh, no. Which team was the first to win the FA Cup at the Cardiff Millennium Stadium? Oh, Liverpool. Good one. What was the name of the company who became the first sponsors of the FA Cup? Littlewoods. Two. Nice. Which club lost successive finals in the 1980s? Not M. Forrest. No. Who scored the final goal of the match in the 2006 FA Cup final to send the match into extra time? Pass. In 1972, the shock of the third round was the exit of Newcastle United. Which non-league club dumped them out? Hereford United. Three, and that is a minute. Adam, that was bloody Ooh. good. Fair play. Thank you. That Little Woods one. Ooh. Oh, I know. Smashed it into Blast the top from end. the past, wasn't it? That one. <laughs> I would never have got that, by the way. I was I thought... thinking milk cup. I was sort of like yeah, all these yeah, different. Yeah. I was trying to even think. There's got to be like a cigar company that's probably sponsored them as well. Hamlet, before. yeah, Hamlet yeah, yeah. Or something yeah, like that. But, yeah. yeah, that was an absolute screamer of an answer. So, um, let's go through the answers as we always do. Yeah. On the 18th of January 2005, Liverpool's Jimmy Traore scored a comical own goal to not Liverpool mm. out of the FA Cup against which team? It wasn't Blackburn. They're going to be fuming. You thought they were Blackburn. It was Burnley. Uh, um, of which, yeah, yeah. I always just remember that song. Like he just can't. He just can't. He just can't <laughs> control his feet. The Liverpool songs. <laughs> Liverpool fans started singing. Absolute banger. Um, which team was the first to win the FA Cup at the Cardiff Millennium Stadium? You answered correctly with Liverpool. What was the name of the company who became the first sponsors of the FA Cup? I think it's the best answer yeah. of this series, honestly. Um, it was Littlewoods. You got that correct. Yeah. Which club lost successive finals in the 1980s? It was Everton. Um, and who scored the final goal of the match in 2006 FA Cup final to send the match into extra time? It was Steven Gerrard against West Ham. Uh, of course. Um, and yeah. in 1972, the shock of the third round was the exit of Newcastle. They lost to Hereford United, who were, of course, mm. in the first round this weekend. Um, the other question, should we go through the other questions? Like yeah, why more? not? Why not? Let's, Let's do it. Um, which team lost successive FA Cup finals in the 1990s? Newcastle United? Boom. Yes. Yeah, good work. Um, 
this one's tricky, but in what year was the first FA Cup final? If you listen to the our documentary... Well, um, yeah, that's it. It's going to be something like 1899, something like that. Oh, no. 1872. Oof. It's always earlier than you think. Yes. Um, yeah. The Cup final of 2003 was won by a single goal. Who scored? I'll give you a clue. It was Arsenal-Southampton. So who scored it? Was it? Yeah, Olivier Giroud. Oh, two thousand three. No, Bobby Perez. Uh, and what was unique about the two thousand and one FA Cup final? Played in Wales, was it? It was the first one to be played outside of England. Yeah. yeah, very good work. Nice three, Adam. We need to. You know, we said we keep count. Obviously, I haven't caught count, so I kept <laughs> count. So I'm gonna have to go back and see who's won. We're gonna have to um, re-listen to our own episodes and work out. But I'm pretty sure, hypothetically, I think you're still ahead by the amount of answers you've given from that crew, crew Alexander. I think that round, really gave it? me a good start because I've yeah. got one each week since then. Like I've I had a terrible well. round where I got zero, <laughs> fat zero, yeah. basically. So yeah. Well, guys, hopefully you are doing better at home. Um, we can only hope for your sake uh, that you are. Um, or you're being you educated either way. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. Uh, it's an educational <laughs> service we provide here. It should really be on the national curriculum, I think is what we're saying. <laughs> it's either really... that or, you know, those pubs that play quizzes, that's what they should do is have us like asking questions. There I'll you go. That. There you go. I'll absolutely take that. I love a pub quiz. Um <laughs> Good. Well, thank you for joining us, guys. We will be back on Monday morning, as ever, to review all of the weekend's action. Um, you sure you're going to be morning, to, morning, morning or evening? Quote, anything to say before we end the show? <laughs> um, no, we'll, we'll leave it at that end and just hope you enjoy the cup fever. The cup fever. Oh, no, wait, I have got a quote. Wait, I just need to find <laughs> it on my phone. Um, I saved it. Um, guys, I'm going to edit all this out so it'll be really seamless when you hear it, um, in theory. I can't find it now, can I? No, that's because it's the pictures <laughs> I've taken. Um, oh, there was a quote from Deserbi. What was it? Someone had it on their story. Piero Mingoya had it on their story, and now I've lost it. Ah, um, you, I know which one you're talking about. It's oh, obviously about the story that he's now. having a conversation with his well, loved I've deleted one. It. I've deleted it like an idiot. Oh, well, no. no, I don't have a quote. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But I might be able to tell the listener the story. It's essentially he's talking to a loved one back at home and he's talking about he goes down the street and he sees like kids dressed up in Brighton gear. And, you know, he gets nostalgic. He goes, how can I fucking leave this place when they're all so gunning for us to do so well? And that, that's how it is. A really beautiful quote, but he, it's he, incredible. He used some expletives at the same time, which was quite funny as well. It is. It is incredible. I still can't find it. Anyway, that was good enough. Um, so you can join <laughs> us on Monday night at half past nine Italian time, half past eight UK time on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, and as always, you can find us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod, on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod, on t- uh, TikTok, TikTok at Anglo Italian Pod, mm-hmm. and on YouTube, hit like and subscribe down here. Um, and as always, tell a friend. Um, I think that's everything. Um, grazie, a dopo. Ciao, ciao. Sports Social Podcast Network.